1: All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red, an NFL bet. It's or uh, or, uh, you know, don't do the Reno if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency, Blackshirt, Husker, NFLer, Jay Moore with his co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up. And a big NFL matchup, his 49ers against Seattle tonight. We'll get there in a bit, but Jay, it is portal season. It's early signing day, and I, let me ask you, man, how are you planning on spending? I know how much you love recruiting, and I know how much you love early signing day. Have you have you scoped out a spot to go uh, to go celebrate the day next week?
0: Uh, I haven't yet, to be honest. Um, what, what, what day is it officially? It's, Tuesday? it's the 21st and, and you know, it's Wednesday. Okay. Well, I'll be celebrating. I have a little, uh, Christmas party that evening. So I will, uh, I'll celebrate it that way, I guess. Cause I just showed you how much I've been paying attention to it. Is it. know exactly what, uh, what day, what day it's going down. So my apologies on that, but yeah, it's, uh, it's nuts. It's crazy right now, though. But I, I, just don't, I don't get too caught up in the recruiting. I just never have, never, never, never will be, just because you got a lot of people out there that think they know what they they they're talking about, and then unfortunately, when things when uh, guys get here, things change, and rightfully so. I mean, this is this a whole other, you know ball game that they're they're getting into, and you know you they kind of you kind of get your hopes up, and then quickly. You know, they get you get shot down because you you expect too much out of a out of a seventeen or eighteen year old kid, and it's, sometimes it sometimes can be unfair to them. So, I just my whole view on it, and I you've heard me say this before, whether I was doing radio with you in the past or here recently, it's just recruiting's. You know, it's you have some. It's all about the upside, and you just got to kind of say, hey, hopefully they can reach that potential, you know, rather sooner than later. But somehow, some way, they get there. That's great. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I just can't. Uh, I just don't rely too heavily on my put my emotions on uh, you know seventeen, eighteen year old kids. You know it's a little easier to do it. Uh, you know when you're dealing with some transfer guys. But even then, you still don't know what you get until guys get here.
1: Jay, uh, there's a lot. I think you did three or four recruiting shows with me, and badge you honor, my friend. Uh, you, you made it through. <laughs> I'm proud of you for for uh, putting up with that. But in in all seriousness. There is a, a fairy tale and, and nightmare reality. You get sold the fairy tale, and if you don't adapt, college football can become a nightmare for you.
0: Oh, it was easily. It's it was it was a rude awakening. It was a very humbling experience for me coming in, and I I've seen it from all other kids. You know, it's it's crazy. There's so, I, I would say, um, you know, guys that come out and they 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 put, they play well early on it, 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 most a lot of times you know maybe not expect it from some of those guys but they come from very good high school programs they usually come from the state of Texas or Florida in my in, in my opinion in the, from the past or guys that I've been around I, I I think of you know Fabian Washington I think of uh, Cody Glenn you know I think of those, some of those guys that come in and, and play very well early on in their careers uh, Philip Billard that came in and played well uh, early on in his career. He was from you know a very prominent high school. I think was from Jenks in uh, in either I think that's Tulsa, I yeah. believe. So, um, so it's it's rare, but I I think you know nowadays just because there's you know there's obviously so much there's so much attention that that's put forth for recruiting, and you know everyone wants to be everyone wants to have that hot take. Everyone wants to have. You know that opinion, like, hey, this is this is the next, you, whoever it may be. This this is the next, and Dominic and Sue. This is the next, uh, just some great player, Grant Wistrom, Jason mm-hmm. Peter. You know, and they they want to have that take just so they can be right. They like, told you so, mm-hmm. and <laughs> nine times out of ten, they're usually wrong. It, it's and it's unfortunate. It, and it, the kids don't. I mean, oh, I think more and more kids like the attention because it's. It, I mean, you you do get you know the you know, you do all the interviews and the phone calls and it, it, they can't, I would imagine some kids do like that. I imagine some kids don't and they, they're, they're annoyed by it, but things change when you step on campus, man, uh, you, you think about, you know, the movie, the program where he, he comes on for his official visit, you know, Omar Epps character and, you know, the fans there, the tree litters there, but actually when he steps foot on, on campus for camp, he's like, where the hell is everyone else at? You know, this, this is different now, right? You know, there's no, there's no bells and whistles. It's time to get to work. And, it, and it's time to grind a little bit, and uh, and that that can take some guys by by surprise. You know, it took I had no idea what I was getting into. I, I all I knew is I wanted to play football at Nebraska as a 18 year old kid. When I stepped foot on uh, campus and went to my first, you know, training camp, or it was actually two a day still every day. I man, it was a it was a rude awakening. I felt like you know I'd go to bed at you know 10 o'clock, and then six o'clock came around, and it, I felt like I shut my eyes for five seconds. You know, I was just. <laughs> beat mentally physically beat and i was like i don't know if i'm cut out for this and you talk to a lot of guys in their first year like holy crap this is this is a lot more than no one could no one can prepare you for that no and so i and i think that's just the things you have to take into factor when you get here you know whether and i was you know my home you know my home address was 45 minutes away from you know memorial stadium so imagine if that's the same case and all of a sudden you're Fifteen hundred miles away from home, two thousand miles away from home, or your 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 home isn't as you know great, or you know your just everyone's situation is, is so vastly different, and it's just it's tough to put those expectations on, you know, a seventeen eight year old kid. Now on the flip side, like I said, the transfer guys, you know, I, I had a high hopes for on Mathis this last year. I don't think he met those expectations. Now you can be, I can be a little tougher on him because, you know, he was. It was between us and Texas, and you know we thought he was, you know, the second coming of Randy Gregory, and you heard all these great things about him, and he just didn't quite meet those expectations, and you know that and that's part of that's going to happen, and you know it wasn't the defense was struggling early on the year, and I think Oshea got better as the defense made some changes and they got better, but you just you're going to have that, and you just got to deal with that, and you know and that's I mean recruiting is, is is a big time deal. I mean it, it is. It is going to be in, you know, for, for a long college football, it's still going. You know, it's, it's the main it's, it's what it's all about. and it, It's what it's always been about. It's just, there's just more attention to it, you know, uh, nowadays. It's, it's fun. It's, it, it can be fun, but it also I think everyone just kind of has to take it with a little grain of salt, you know, nowadays. Just not, you know, get your expectations up so high.
1: Jay Moore is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jay, you say take it with a grain of salt a, a little bit, and I want to get into the fact that these coaches are recruiting guys that they've maybe known for three weeks, maybe a month, and that's what they have to sell it on. And People always say recruiting is about relationships, so what do you make of the fact that this coaching staff has to build relationships within a, a three-week or a four-week-long period and get these guys on campus? Do you think we should be taking this first recruiting class from Matt Rolnes' staff with a grain of salt for that reason?
0: Well, I think going forward, I think – I, you'll have to take every recruiting class I think with Matt Rule uh, with a grain of salt. I think his comments, which I, I really, really enjoyed, and I thought I, I loved his comments. Talking about how you're going to have all these pundits and people, you know, from rivals and on three and 24 seven might say, "Wow, Nebraska's, you know, their their rankings is, you know, that's the 47th ranked class in the nation, and they are the eighth ranked class in the Big Ten, and from afar." people are going to be like, man, that's not very good. And, but as you, but you have to realize what Matt's doing They're They're not recruiting to those rankings, right? They're not, they're not trying to build the best 24 seven recruiting. They're trying to recruit guys to fit what they want and fit guys to fit what Nebraska needs and how they can get guys in here to develop. They are looking for a certain body type. They are looking for speed. They are looking for athleticism and, and they'll, you know, Majority of your five-star guys all have that, but you're just not going to be able to. You're not feasibly able to go get every single five-star guy at every position. Uh, not in not with Nebraska's history here in the last 20 years of not winning very many football games. So that that's going to be tough. But I think he's got to say you got to trust. You have to have trust with us that we are going out and getting the guys that we see fit. And you got to look at our track record, which we had at Temple and we had at Baylor. And you got to look at all the guys we put into the draft who are you know, zero to one to two and maybe max three-star recruits at those schools who are still playing and still on NFL rosters. So I don't think I'm going to get, you know, it's, they have some short work to do, and I know they're, they're out there. He's, he's grinding. He's out there hustling and trying to get to, in front of every high school coach and, uh, and probably a, a JUCO coaches and all that stuff that you can hear in this, this short amount of time. And you are you're, you're selling you're, you're, you're selling relationships now you're selling look at look at these guys that we put in the NFL at these two schools who aren't football powerhouses uh, look what we can do with you with all the resources we have here uh, you just got to trust us and you're selling that trust that's hard that's hard to do in a matter of, of a month but I think you you have to take his classes going forward with a little bit of grain of salt because he's not recruiting you know, he's, he's getting the guys that he sees fit to have them to come in. Right body size, speed, athleticism, and mentality to come forth and, and know that hey, you got to there's going to be you got to get some there's going to be some effort that's going to need to be put forth here to, to get where you need to go. So I, I think uh, going forward, we can't. I don't think you can look at it and, and say, oh my gosh, Nebraska has you know the the forty like I said, forty seventh or thirty fifth recruiting rank rank. Uh, class that's ranked you know and and you you can't get too you know diminished about that i think you got to look further down the road at at the end result and trust what matt rule and the staff able to do in developing guys with just not as many stars jay the news today official ernest hausman is heading up to michigan now out of the transfer portal your reaction to that news and what kind of player is michigan getting next year well they're getting you know a guy that's got exponentially better throughout the year he struggled early on and rightfully so he was an 18 year old kid he was walking the halls of columbus high school last year this time of year so he struggled early but after with the with the injury to henrich you know he's able to step in and he got he's a dude the dude got better he became a really good football player obviously very frustrated and unhappy with his decision to transfer but i do understand that he wanted to take a visit to Michigan during the recruiting process. I don't think he was able to because of COVID restrictions, uh, but it's a little upsetting because that, that was a guy you thought would come back for sure, you know, and, and be able to provide needed depth. And, and then on top of that, really good playing experience to, to a group of linebackers, the so linebacker group who not necessarily the deepest, but, you know, he, you have some guys, you know, Henderson Reimers have, have played a ton of football but he's going to be battling for a starting position again. So, don't know, don't know the the rationale behind it, you know. And I don't know what his motives were. Obviously, I don't know if he saw things differently with Coach Rule. I had some discussions. I don't, I don't know that. Um, but yeah, a little, a little frustrated. by it. they're getting Michigan is getting uh, getting a really good football player, and he's going to a program that uh, you know is going to be playing in the college football playoffs here the last two years so you you can't fault him for wanting to find you know a better a better program to be a part of and now
1: and now back to hail varsity radio jay moore's with us hail varsity radio you gotta always ask why is a kid leaving and if you're houseman you've got a new new staff that's in here but you don't have a position coach you would hope that it's a clean slate with whoever your new position coach is. So if you go win a spot next to Reimer, let's say that you'd get that spot. Uh, that being said, not everybody <laughs> um, says, yeah, A, I'm good enough to go, be, you know, go play at Michigan or at least try to play at Michigan B. They're pretty demanding uh, on, on what they bring in in that front seven. So I think it says a lot about Ernest. while folks are reacting and upset and, and upset to lose him, not upset at him. But that says a lot to me. It's not like he's going off to the easiest place to go get playing time. I mean, he's going, mm-hmm. he's going off to a place that's gone to the college football playoff back to back years, beat Ohio state back to back years and won the big Ten two years in a row. So I think that speaks a lot about his competition level and in his eagerness to win at the highest level.
0: Oh, most definitely. And it, like it, I'm just happy it wasn't Iowa. I know he visited Iowa, right? So I'm just the truth comes out from there. Jay
1: Moore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> At least it's not Iowa, right? I mean, that's just you can just put that on a T-shirt and sell it. I mean, you can make a million bucks here. <laughs> well, Jay, is this
1: a case where you're going to be rooting for Ernest in, like, every single game except when Michigan plays Nebraska? Or did the way this happened sting you a little bit?
0: Oh, it didn't sting me. It's you got to be – I think Schmitty nailed it on the head. You know, he's, he's owned a place where he's he wants to be part of a, of a winning program. I, I'd like to think Nebraska's going to get back to that here pretty quickly. But the Michigan's a proven product in beating Ohio State last two years in college football playoff back-to-back years uh they they know who they are and he wants to he must he just wants to be a part of that i, I can't i can't fault him it's no not no no i'm not i don't get too upset over what uh i don't even know how old he is 18 19 old kid his decision i have i have other things to worry about <laughs> uh he's hope you know I, I hope it works out for him i really do because uh, sometimes the grass has been always greener I, i've made uh, decisions that i was always you know i thought the grass was greener on the other side Back in, in my in my football career when I was playing professionally, you know I I, I switched from uh, the Rams wanted me back and I decided to go to the Tennessee Titans. I was a free agent and I uh, thought the grass was greener and I realized I had it way it was way greener with the Rams and you know it didn't work out for me in Tennessee. So um, I just hope it works out for him and it, I hope he does well. I hope you know we we play Michigan next year and he's able to play and I hope he plays well. I I, I really do. Uh, you just you want what's best. When kids make these. These decisions, you really just want what's best for them. Because I've I've been on the on the, the back end of poor decisions, and it's it's not fun. It's it's not fun. So I don't I don't want that for that kid.
1: Okay, Jay Bird, uh, you, you had a, a a number of ball games against the Mike Leach air raid offense. <laughs> what was that like to go against the Pirates offense?
0: Yeah, it was it was vastly different in not from a passing uh, attack style. What they did, what they did with their offensive line, and what we usually had to do, we had to go to a three-man front. We kind of wanted an extra, you know, uh, secondary guy in there, if you want a, a nickel, mm-hmm. a nickel back essentially. But he spaced out their gaps. I know people realize this when he was at Texas Tech. I don't know if he's he's done it at Washington State or Mississippi State. I haven't watched a whole lot of those games. But their their gaps between center guard, guard, tackle were super wide. They wanted to create a bigger pocket, and they want. And essentially, they wanted you to be you. Would say, okay, I'm gonna take my normal alignment on this tackle or on this guard, and what you normally you might say, my inside hand is on the tackle or the guard's outside foot. That might be your normal alignment if they're in your your, your more traditional five-man offensive line look. But he would he would the 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 splits were sometimes double, triple, you know, the the width of of a normal traditional offensive line set so essentially you have a longer distance to get to that quarterback a and all of a sudden you have to you you're creating a bigger pocket for your quarterback so we had to it was and it was a little awkward because all of a sudden we had to almost say okay we have to still keep our same alignment and rush from the same spot but essentially we were at the defensive end I was almost head up on the tackle because we we're saying no we're not gonna we know what you're trying to do you're trying to space us out. We don't want that. We're going we're gonna to line more head up and force you, and we're going to do some different things with our pass rush schemes. We're not going to let you. We're not going to give you no more time. We're, we're not going to adjust to you and what you want to do. We're going to kind of do our, our thing, what we've been doing, and we're going to make things more difficult for you. And we're going to take advantage of these bigger gaps that you're giving us, and we're going to attack these gaps that you're giving us. So I see what he was doing. It, it, we just never, I ne- we never faced a team that, that did it like that. And so I, you, you understand what they were doing. And a lot of teams would be crazy. You'd watch them like, geez Louise, they are, that defensive end is now, you know, if you're, you're saying lining up, you might be 10 yards away, you might be 15 to almost 20 yards away now from that quarterback if you didn't adjust. So mm. pretty smart by him to do it, but he kind of forced you to, to change it. And it wasn't an easy change because you are just were a little uncomfortable in, in your alignment. So he, he was always stressed in the defense's. Uh, very simple in what he was doing, but it was it was vastly different than anyone else was doing as well.
1: Okay, Lakeven Smith, do you still send him Christmas cards oh or not?
0: Oh my gosh, that still it still hurts a little bit. That one still stings because I almost intercepted that ball's wall. I uh, reset it for Lakeven. the listeners
1: who uh, were either not alive in in two thousand five or <laughs> have blocked or blacked out that memory. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the ball was literally going to come down. I can't remember who batted it in the air on uh, on a pass. To win the game, you and guys had it,
1: a pick, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It, well, yeah, He, I was going to catch it. I was going to let it fall in my hands. There was no around me, but LaKeven even came like, out of the air like a freaking safety <laughs> and like grabbed it in midair and like jumped and then took off like a DB. Like even was a hell of an athlete. Yeah. And, uh, and so you're like, oh, sweet. But they're also like in my back and head like, dude, go down, the game's over, and he did it, and they just – it's going to happen, you know. We're not uh, defensive linemen, and especially defensive tackles, you're not used to uh, carrying the football. You around. want to score, so right? Battered it out, <laughs> I think they scored. You know, two or three plays later, unfortunately, and God damn, it's still a reliving that nightmare.
1: Jay Moore's with the Salvar City Radio. Jason NFL to wrap your bud. Good to spend time with you, uh, San Francisco. The uh, the Brock Pretty show. Uh, enough around him on offense and defense, and Pete Carroll. I know they've hit a bit of a. A snag, but Seattle's a uh, team that you know what, has surprised many. What do you think about Thursday night football tonight?
0: Yes, yeah, be good. Finally get a, a, a decent Thursday night game. You know, it's an interesting situation. San Francisco wins tonight, they clinch the West. NFC West, you know, Seattle has to continue to win to keep a fighting chance of getting a potential wild card in there. So it's you know, Purdy has played halfway decent. I mean they they, they roasted you know, Tampa Bay last week. It's going to be interesting. I I think Purdy's just played at home the last two weeks. So obviously Seattle's very hostile, you know, for the, you know, the 12th man as, um, as the crowd there. So it'll be interesting to see how he's able to play with that. But I think his weapons, I, I I don't think Debo's back yet. I think he's still banged up. Mm -hmm. So with McCaffrey and still, they got a, a ton of other weapons, Kittle around there. So I think, I still like them. I know they're only about a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite. I think the majority – I was listening to a show this morning. I think the betting – you know, the public's heavy on Seattle, which I can see why. But I, it's going to be interesting to see. But I think the 49ers still just get it done. I think the defense is playing so well. It's going to be a rather low-scoring game. I think they're going to play keep away from Seattle. You know, use, use your weapons. Rely on George Kittle a ton. You know, don't do anything crazy. And just chip away, chip away at them. And I, I just, you know, I feel like this is a San Francisco gets this thing done in like a, you know, seventeen to thirteen fashion or twenty one seventeen type of game. I don't think it's gonna, you know, you're not gonna see as many points scored last week as they did against against Tampa Bay.
1: Jay Moore's with us sale Varsity Radio. Jay Bird, we'll get caught up again soon. Thanks for a few minutes today, bud.
0: You got it. Thanks, thanks as well, boys.